Welcome to From the View Box with Hal and Chris. This is the podcast of the UMass Medical School Department of Radiology. My name is Hal Lowe from the Division of Emergency Radiology. And I am Christopher Cernelia from Musculoskeletal Imaging. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we have again uh, my colleague and um, host, Dr. Hal Lowe. How uh, and I had discussed recently um, some introduction to trauma and, per- and how provide a, a really good uh, overview of trauma imaging and trauma center. And today we're going to delve into um, specifics of imaging um, the acute uh, traumatic patient, specifically solid organ injury. Welcome back, Hal. Thanks for coming. Yeah, great to be back with you. Fantastic. So um, I know we had a nice discussion. You provide an awesome overview of you know trauma centers, uh, activation of trauma, and, and kind of the introduction of trauma imaging. Um, today, we're going to talk about, you know, solid organ injury. Um, so maybe we're starting to kind of a big picture. You know, can you give kind of a general difference between blunt and penetrating trauma, you know, specifically related to, you know, solid organ? Yeah, absolutely. So that's, um, that's a, a great place to start. And I think, um, we often in, in the you know in the ER reading room when we see trauma patients or talking to trauma surgeons, you know we talk about those two general mechanisms, which are blunt trauma and penetrating trauma. And it, 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 one thing to note is that every uh, trauma center has its only has its own sort of distribution of patients. And um, for instance, at UMass, uh, we generally see typically uh, more blunt trauma. Uh, than penetrating trauma. And our blunt trauma falls into two main categories, which are motor vehicle ac- accidents um, or motor, motor vehicle collisions, as well as falls. And believe it or not, actually falls account for more traumas for us than motor vehicle accidents. We have a smaller percentage of uh, um, penetrating trauma. So, but when you think when you're thinking about those two general classes of patients, blunt trauma, especially in the upper uh, abdomen with the solid organs, uh, the the, me- the mechanism can be a, a little bit um, opaque in the sense that uh, you may not have a great picture uh, just by looking at a patient and doing an outward physical exam. You may not have a great picture of what's going on on the inside internally to the internal organs. So in other words, imaging plays a, a very big role because you can diagnose uh, you can sometimes only diagnose organ injuries for blunt trauma patients just based on CT, essentially, uh, because you have a view uh, into not only the anatomy of the organs, but also the physiology and, and how the, in other words, the vasculature is being affected by the trauma. So, of course, it's good to know what the injury was. So where exactly on the body was the impact right, felt uh, by the patient from the blunt injury? So if you had a motor vehicle accident, you know, where on the body did the steering will impact the, the, the patient's body? Or if the patient was uh, ejected from the vehicle, uh, what part of the body landed and where is, where is there bruising on the outside? That would give you an indication of where you need to look and what organs you need to look on. Because, of course, I mean, you know, organs are in certain locations in the body. So if you have left upper quadrant injury, blunt trauma, then you need to look closely at the spleen. Uh, uh, and maybe the left kidney. Um, alternatively, uh, for penetrating trauma, you're talking about uh, either a projectile or a foreign object that has uh, has uh, been impacted on, into the body or projected into the body. And so the important thing for per, a penetrating trauma is to think about 
again, the exact location uh, where the trauma occurred, because that will give you an indication of what organ you need to be worried about and which organs you need to, to, to look at. Now, uh, um, I would make a point about uh, high velocity penetrating trauma, uh, something like a gunshot wound, uh, where it, it, you will have uh, entry and sometimes exit, you have an entry and exit wound, and between that you will have a force vector and you will have surrounding shock injury uh, d depending on where that vector is pointed towards. So again, it would be nice as a radiologist to know ahead of time before you interpret the images where the penetrating trauma occurred, where the entry and exit wound occurred, and then that will give you, uh, that will inform your interpretation of the images. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Excellent thoughts. Um, you know, you mentioned how, you know, looking at the physical exam and, and kind of mechanism of injury would certainly dictate, you know, organs that are injured and where we want to focus our, our energy, but beyond, you know, specifics of location, um, outwardly, right. Are there specific, are there certain solid organs that are more commonly injured, say in like blunt trauma, um, just kind of globally, uh, by the nature of maybe where they're positioned or, um, something inherent to their anatomy. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, 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 and again, uh, some, some or solid organs are uh, more commonly injured and which lends themselves to more research. And so we know more about some of those solid organ injuries because we see them more. Um, and the organs I'm talking about are, you know, liver and spleen tend to be the two organs that are injured the most in, in blunt trauma. Um, two reasons. They're most peripheral in, in the abdomen, right? They, they, they right up against the contact, the uh, internal surface of the peritoneum, right up against the skin. Uh, and also they're large. So the large, the two largest organs, liver, spleen, are, tend to, are also the most peripheral. So if you're gonna get an injury from blunt trauma, those tend to be the injuries, uh, the organs that are affected the most. Now, if you have a spinal or posterior injury in the posterior abdominal or chest wall, then the kidneys are uh, the organs that you would be concerned about. Uh, also, if you have a spinal injury, uh, the the way that the the, the force mechanism and the the, the force vectors uh, react to the injury, you may get renal injury as well. So I would say that the liver, kidney, kidneys, and spleen are the most commonly. Um, the other organs in the upper abdomen, those are the pancreas, um, gallbladder, and adrenal glands, are are less commonly uh, injured. And there are certain mechanisms that you would um, that would lend you to think about uh, those injuries. For instance, uh, the pancreas. Uh, if you have a midline crushing injury, uh, where basically you get uh, your your abdomen gets squashed like a pancake, that's the, that's an that's sort of a mechanism and that you would think about pancreatic injury as well as duodenal injury, and because those are organs that live in the midline that cross the midline that are uh, essentially tacked down in place. They can't move. So if you're going to crush the abdomen, uh, you may injure uh, the pancreas and, and do on them. Um, I guess when you're, you're looking at the, you know, these solid oriented injuries, um, obviously detection, our first D is detection. We will talk about radiology uh, and description. Um, I know, and in, in, in certainly in, in my realm and musculoskeletal, when we, we're talking about injuries, we like to have an idea of the severity and categorize uh, injuries. And we'll often do that based off, you know, if it's a, a fracture, it's, you know, it's, you know, comminuted, you know, direction of the, you know, fragments, you know, what joints are involved, you know, so, or we may use, you know, integrate, you know, mechanism injury with like Lug Hansen 
um, or you know lesser arc injuries of the wrist. You know, we'll we'll try to <clears throat> categorize them, uh, determine the severity of the injury, and it helps uh, with prognosis and management. Um, with these solid organ injuries, you know, how do we determine the severity of of the organ injury? Like how do we how do we cl- classify those? That that's a great question, um, and I think in this area, in the solid organs, um, the sort of resource and the organization that we look towards for guidance um, is the um, American Association for uh, for the Surgery of Trauma, uh, commonly called the Double AST or AAST. Uh, that's the organization that um, is tasked with um, creating and updating. Um, the grading system, grading scale for injuries uh, of the solid organs as, as well as other uh, bodily injuries. So they have uh, they have a long track record of uh, grading scales in our case and for this discussion for the spleen, the liver, uh, and the kidneys. Uh, those are the three uh, sort of organs where we have the most data and where um, the findings and the outcomes for patients with those injuries have been validated. Um, and what, what we know is that with, uh, and, and, and those grading schemes typically are grade one through grade five. So one, two, three, four, five. And what we know is that for those organs, increasing grades of injury are generally correlated with increasing mortality, operative rates and hospitalization costs. So in other words, uh, those grading uh, schemes are useful in the sense that, generally speaking, the higher grade injury for a patient, uh, the sick, the more sick they are, and their higher ri- uh, risk of mortality. Yeah, and that's uh, it's a good po- uh, place to pause and, and remind uh, our our listeners uh, that How has provided uh, some excellent resources. You mentioned the AAST. Um, there's a, uh, a journal article there uh, re- related to the AAST Patient Assessment Committee um, description on solid organ injury scaling from you know, 2018. Um, and I think you have a link there for the AAST injury uh, scoring scale. Uh, both of those are in the show notes. And then finally, uh, uh, a good, uh, really nice um, review from uh, the American Society of Emergency Radiology on blunt splenic trauma and um, you know CT and clinical findings there in radiology. So those, all three of those resources are provided in the show notes. So I just kind of uh, direct our listeners to those. Now um, you mentioned so certainly we have a nice uh, um, a scoring scale or a grading scale for these solid organs. What are so when a, you know you have your resident down there, maybe your first rotation, and they're trying to getting themselves acclimated to you know, the, you know, the chaos of, of imaging and, you know, there's things coming at them in multiple directions. And now we have, in addition to the routine imaging, you know, traumatic uh, patient come in, the level two comes in and they've assessed them. Like we mentioned, they've looked at them on the table, you know, now the, the cases uh, on their packs and they're working their way through that um, image. And they're thinking about this, you know, grading system in their head as they're like looking at the liver, say, now, what are the kind of most important considerations um, they should kind of keep in mind when grading um, a solid organ? So if they see, they're seeing like, hey, I see some laceration here, you know, how should they be thinking about, um, you know, these cases? Right. So when we see um, solid organ injury on, on the CT of a trauma patient that we're interpreting the images for, uh, there are uh, a couple of considerations that uh, uh, we need to uh, really pay attention to. Okay. 
So these are number one, um, the presence or absence of um, subcapsular or parenchymal hematoma. If there is a parenchymal or a subcapsular hematoma, we need to measure the size. Um, we also need to look for lacerations in the parenchyma of the, uh, of the organ, uh, and we need to measure the size. So one important um, point to make here is that when we are measuring the size of a hematoma, uh, a parenchyma or um, hematoma or laceration, we need to measure from the surface of the organ, uh, the capsule, centrally towards the hilum. And that's the measurement we take. So on these organ scales, we, what you'll see is that th there'll be listed uh, certain numbers, cutoffs, one centimeter, three centimeters, five centimeters. That is referring uh, to the, the, for a laceration, the largest size of the laceration, or for a hematoma, uh, the size from the capsule towards the hilum. Uh, and subcapsular hematomas uh, that, you know, we're referring to the, the largest size or the percentage uh, of the capsule that's involved. Uh, other things that we need to look for uh, are vascular injury or signs of vascular injury. That includes contained um, vascular injury, which are typically um, pseudoaneurysms or arterial venous fistulas. Um, or the other type of vascular injury would be active hemorrhage or active contrast extravasation. Now, the point to make uh, diagnostically speaking on CT scan for vascular injury uh, is that um, a contained vascular injury, pseudoaneurysm or a AV fistula, generally the imaging findings are that on the arterial phase, you see a focus of high density uh, or, or contrast essentially. And then on later phases, venous and delayed phases, that density of that focus is reduced or goes back to baseline. Okay. To diagnose the, an acute uh, hemorrhage, generally you will see, again, a high density focus on arterial phase and either the size of that uh, uh, lesion increases with time, that in indicates acute active hemorrhage, or the density remains high on venous and delay phases, that would also indicate active hemorrhage. Okay. And then finally, the, um, uh, the, uh, other organ-specific structures need to be uh, considered uh, when we are grading solid organ injury. So what do I mean? So for the for example, for example, for the spleen and liver, we need to look closely at the hilum to see if the hilum is involved in injury. Hilar injuries of the spleen and the kidney and the liver uh, indicate higher grades of injury. Um, also, other specific organ-specific structures. For 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 instance, in the liver, that would include the inferior vena cava, which is a large vascular structure posteriorly. If that is involved, that's going to upgrade the injury. That would be a high-grade injury. Um, in the kidney, for instance, uh, if the injury uh, to the parenchyma extends to the renal collecting system and you see uh, essentially a urinoma or urine uh, outside of the collecting system, outside the ureters, that upgrades the injury Higher, higher grade of injury. And, and then for uh, um, organs that contain ducts, uh, uh, ductal uh, anatomy, if injuries affect the duct, that tends to also be a higher grade of injury. So that would include uh, pancreas and pancreatic duct, gallbladder would include the cystic duct, um, and then the liver and gallbladder would include the biliary tree.
I would uh, refer our listeners um, to the AAST uh, injury scoring scale, um, either uh, uh, via their website or just Googling, um, because what you'll see uh, is that every uh, solid organ has its own scale uh, and uh, um, these important considerations will be listed. That's great, Hal. Uh, so those are some, I think, really good considerations for our trainees to think about when they're grading solid organ injuries, uh, kind of keep them focused on, you know, the important considerations there. Now, you, you, we've been talking a little bit about the, you know, the AAST uh, injury score, um, and you provided that uh, resource, I think, from um, the Journal of Trauma and Acute uh, Care Surgery on uh, organ in injury scaling uh, from 2018. So what has changed uh, in this latest update um, in 2018? Right. So in uh, 2018, there was an update and a refresh of the AAST uh, trauma grading scales um, for um, injuries of the liver, spleen, and kidney. And that was done in conjunction with the uh, uh, American College of Surgery and the uh, American Society of Emergency Radiology. Um, and basically, the, the gist of the update was that um, there was an increased emphasis on contained vascular injury, those being pseudoaneurysms and uh, arterial venous fistulas within the kidney, the spleen, uh, and the liver, such that if you have a one of these contained vascular injuries uh, in the liver and kidney, that would upgrade the patient to a, a grade three uh, level of injury. And then in the spleen, that would upgrade the patient to a level four uh, level of injury. Now, important no notes to be made about this, by, uh, by placing increased emphasis on these contained vascular injuries, uh, the AAST essentially made it uh, of utmost importance that we obtain an arterial phase image of the upper abdomen uh, for all of these trauma patients, which we have done uh, at least since 2018. And, and, and most level one trauma centers now as a standard of care also obtain arterial phase images. Uh, it's very, it, you, you almost cannot, in some cases, you cannot diagnose a pseudoaneurysm or an arterial venous fistula without the arterial phase. Uh, and, and actually, you, you typically need a, a venous phase as well uh, to make a confident diagnosis. Now, um, <clears throat> it is also in, uh, important to note that um, because we are now identifying more of these contained vascular injuries and, and uh, placing increased emphasis on them, the, the role of interventional radiology has increased uh, because simply because these injuries can be treated by interventional radiology with angioembolization. So since 2018, we now are relying more on interventional radiology uh, for intravascular treatment uh, of uh, splenic and hepatic injuries, and, and less on uh, open surgical intervention, splenectomy, for instance. Uh, we have also, since uh, 2018, actually for longer than that, the, the, the long-term trend has, has been towards a, a more conservative, uh, observational watching weight management of these patients with low-grade splenic injuries. So one issue that will... We'll, it, um, that is hot is a hot topic in, in the community right now is the question of uh, delayed splenic rupture. Uh, basically, that's a condition where 
we are conservatively, conservatively managing a patient with a low-grade splenic injury, and we know that some small percentage of these patients later in time will develop a higher grade splenic injury, uh, a splenic rupture, for instance. So uh, there will be more work to be done and, and more uh, research to be done on the true incidence and, and patient outcomes uh, of these low grade splenic injuries. Great. Now, we've obviously spent you know a good chunk of time talking about solid organ injury. That's the topic of um, this episode, but uh, kind of be remiss to not touch on the bowel. You know, that's a, a big portion of the abdomen and pelvis and, and certainly a large amount of the consternations. I know when I was you know, looking at, you know, these cases um, before I went into musculoskeletal imaging when I was a resident and, and certainly in, in early years and looking at, you know, emergency cases, you know, running the bowel, you know, by imaging can be, can be challenging. So uh, what about this non-solid organ injury, like these bowel injuries? You know, what can you can you tell us about that? As kind of maybe just a, a little teaser at our discussion uh, before we kind of wrap up this uh, episode. That's a great question, uh, Chris. Uh, yeah, I don't want to solely focus on the solid organ injuries, um, but I, you know, I think most of us uh, think solid organ injuries are, are are particularly interesting, and certainly these trauma surgeons are interested because they're oftentimes is a is, is a an, an, an operative uh, management for those patients. But outside of the solid organs, uh, in particular in the abdomen, we have bowel, uh, and uh, those can be notoriously difficult to to diagnose. Um, and what I would say about bowel injury is that sometimes the findings of bowel injury are, are truly nonspecific in the sense that you may, maybe we would see um, some focal or segmental bowel thickening. Uh, we could see some bowel edema. Uh, we can see some sometimes distended uh, fluid filled bowel. Uh, and uh, oftentimes you will see associated uh, findings such as mesenteric fat stranding or a small mesenteric collection, uh, uh, hematoma things like this, uh, very infrequently, and I would probably argue rarely, you would actually you would actually see discontinuity of the bowel wall. And that would, of course, indicate a, a bowel laceration uh, or, uh, or other bowel injury. So I would say that uh, the, in terms of bowel injury, that is a condition that trauma surgeons and uh, radiologists alike know that the, it's a very difficult diagnosis to make. And we really rely on clinical exam and clinical follow-up, close clinical follow-up and observation. I often tell our trauma surgery colleagues that if we suspect a bowel injury, but the imaging is very nonspecific uh, or, or non-definitive, then I would watch those patients clear, uh, closely. And at any sign of uh, vital sign instability, I think um, surgeons should really consider taking that patient to the OR uh, for exploration. Now, just a reminder that outside the bowel uh, and solid organs, the AAST actually currently publishes, I think, 32 different organ uh, injury grading cells. Now, they're not all organs. They include the soft tissues and bones and other parts of the body. Uh, but 32 separate uh, grading scales for, for acute traumatic injury. So please do take a look if you're interested. There is um, specifically listed data on all those uh, different types of scales. So uh, it's too much to go through in, 
in uh, one podcast episode or multiple podcast episodes, but please do take a look at the references uh, for that. Yeah, great. How it's been, uh, it's been good. I think we need to wrap it up now uh, for this episode. Um, been fun talking to you on trauma. It's only the last couple episodes, both on the introduction and now with, um, you know, solid organ injury. I think these are really great topics for our trainees to, to understand um, as they're, you know, spending more time down in the ED and, and certainly on um, after hours as they get, you know, more um, independence and eventually will be out um, working and, and managing these patients. And so um, great to have you. Um, again, I'll just reference those uh, resources that we provided in the show notes for our listeners um, and looking forward to having another sit down with you and, and, and our guests. So be well, and I'll speak to you soon. All right. Thanks for talking to me uh, about uh, acute uh traumatic injury and imaging. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening and supporting From the Viewbox. We've attached additional reading materials to the episode notes as provided by our guest. And please visit us at www.umassmed.edu backslash radiology. Thank you to our colleagues Charlene Barron, Tom Delaney, and Dan Ramsaran for their technical assistance. See you next time.